Welcome, world, to episode 70 of the Chamberlain and Chance podcast, a podcast that is still technically younger in number than your American president. Uh, oh, but but I would say much smarter. Much much smarter, much better spoken. And I and I know what the Civil War was about. You know what? You know why? <laughs> why does anyone ask that question? Uh, it's it's a oh okay. No, we got we got to stay off that. We got to stay off yeah, that that's, because that's hilarious and awful. <laughs> it's hilarious and sad. Yeah. And okay, not to I have to continue with for a moment. I saw a little bit of Clinton speaking at that thing that she spoke at the other oh, day. Oh, she didn't sound very good either. She sounded like a, someone who could string an entire sentence together. She did, but and she also halfway intelligent. She accepted no responsibility for her loss. Uh, that's not the part I saw. She said okay. it was all on me. She said I was the candidate. That's okay. the part I saw anyway. But I, I that, there's a part I saw where she's like, it was the Russians, it was WikiLeaks, it was the FBI. Oh yeah, no, no, there was so. that too. But but let's be honest, that had a bit of an effect. Well, <laughs> like she's not, she's not blowing smoke. There. No, she's not. I mean, yeah, and this is where we are now on the brink of World War Three with North Korea. Come on. North Korea of all people. And according to video games, they might win this. <laughs> what was that called? Homefront the Revolution? Homefront, Home yeah. North Korea. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. That's, that was not now a good it, game for many reasons. It, that was it's, worth, it's worth pointing out that Alex could not be with us today. Yes. He, he is feeling under the weather. Um, it, it's worth noting that he did this to himself. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're we are both a little jealous of the, him. <laughs> the, the folly of youth. I used to go places. Now I, yeah. now I drink alone. Now you with, be places with nobody else. And you know what I drink okay, alone. For, I, prefer I prefer to, to be, be by, by myself. myself. <laughs> for, for for listeners under the age of thirty, he's quoting a George Thorogood song. I drink alone. <laughs> When I uh, I used to work at a I used to work at a call center doing market research and I and I had to drive home like forty five minutes maybe an hour mm. after every shift every night and I don't remember exactly what time it was I think it was just before eleven that I would leave the office eleven p.m. and every night at driving home just after eleven one bourbon one scotch one beer would come on the radio. <laughs> And I've loved your, your, like, I always liked him, but after that I loved him. I don't know why. He was just my driving home music. He just tells a good story. He does. He does. <laughs> and, uh, okay, uh, so uh, I am Chance. I write the games of chance.blogspot.com. Uh, with me, as always, is Chamberlain, who writes infinitebacklog.blogspot.com. Chamberlain, how are you doing this week? I am all right. It's it, it's stopped raining. for the rain for like a week and a half, and oh. now my yard looks like a freaking jungle. But, you know, hmm. what are you going to do? It was actually like 60 that. degrees. Yeah, like well, my city is considered is called the greenest city in Canada because of the elm trees that we have per capita. Ooh, and we yeah, so whenever it rains in the spring, I'm always really kind of pleased because I know we're gonna get like this this like rainforest explosion of green soon. It's mm-hmm. gonna be really cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually played and watched a lot this week that wasn't huh. Overwatch. Real okay. Uh, All right, go ahead. So I'm, and I'm pretty sure you've seen it. And I'm doubly sad that Alex is not here. Not just because I feel he has the quickest wit of the three of us, but because he's the movie guy. But you saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, right? I did. I saw it in kid? the theater. I took the kids. Yeah. Yep. All four of us went. Okay. So what did you think of that? Like, I, I thought it. I, I thought it was. I thought it was kind of safe. Okay. And kind of predictable, but oh. it was definitely entertaining. I, I think it could have done without the Depp cameo cameo at the end because I'm not. Yes. Like, why the hell is he there? Yeah. Um, it it seemed like a lot of it was just kind of excuses to have these big monsters show up. Like, why is this happening? Well, this is happening because we have a monster to show you, which 
I, I don't I don't know. I think maybe contrived is the wrong word. It wasn't bad, but See, this is coming from I, someone I have not read any of the Harry Potter book Harry Harry Potter Harry Potter books. So I Harry Potter. Harry Potter go ahead and her. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I kind of felt it was contrived in the opposite direction. I, I, um, Depp didn't offend me because I think he achieved kind of what you want for the, that character, which is you kind of like him, but you really don't want him around. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Colin uh, but, Firth was better as the villain. Just why are you changing it? Colin Firth is cool. He actually worked as that bad guy. He did. He did. He absolutely did. But to me, that whole Grindelwald plot mm-hmm. um, felt contrived compared to the rest of the story. Yeah. It it was um, it was much more interesting when these events were kind of springing forth from the character of uh, uh, Scamander and uh, the the lady cop, the the or ex Auror lady. Yes. Um. You. I loved their dynamic. I loved. Um. Actually, I think I enjoyed this more than any Harry Potter movie I've seen. Hmm. And, you know, it's been a while since I went back and watched the Harry Potter movies, but I really do think that might be true because maybe and maybe it's because that the four central characters in this are all adults. And it's not a stretch for me to put myself in their shoes. And as someone who's a little bit awkward socially, it's not a stretch (laughs) for me to put myself in Scamander's shoes. And I think that performance, I think the guy's name was Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. That performance was an excellent performance. And in fact, that entire central four, hang on, where is it here? It was Eddie Redmayne, Catherine Watterson as Tina, uh, Dan Fogler as the non-magic guy, and Alison Sudol as the sister. Wow, she was enchanting. The ro- the romance ish between her and the Muggle was pretty believable too. It yes, it was it was the heart of the whole movie. It yeah. was more meaningful to me than the relationships between Scamander and Tina. And a lot of that, well, her performance is is exceptional. And, but Dan Fogler, yeah, as the non magic guy, like that moment at the end when he's standing in the rain, explaining why he uh. can't stay. I mean, it, my heart was. Fucking breaking yeah. for this guy. And yep. he's the least interesting guy in the movie. But he makes you love him. You empathize with him so much. Well, it was an astounding performance. For he that is guy. the audience's avatar in it. He is you. At this yeah. You're the muggle. You get to see all this. And now the movie ends and you have to leave. So he's kind of yeah. your place in the movie. So absolutely, yeah. And, well, you're, uh, you're getting another one. They're making more of these. It made money, so there you go. <laughs> and Eddie Eddie Redmayne's thing, where he would he would talk to someone without ever looking at them, like he was always kind of looking away, all nervous. Yeah. And I, like uh, Catherine Watterson was, I don't know. They 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 made 1920s fashion look fucking fabulous. <laughs> like they all looked so good. And yeah, the the thing about like chasing the glowing rhino thing through Central Park, <laughs> that. And the part about the thing in the building where they have to like shrink it down with a teapot, yeah, yeah it, it felt like this is we need to have this in here in order to get it in the trailer. But what was really interesting were the moments of like exploring Scamander's past, and mm-hmm. uh, wow, that Beatrix Lestrange she was really mean to you, and you don't really find out what happened there. But that was all really really interesting. I enjoyed it way more than I expected to. Hmm. So I rented it from my mom off PSN because I just wanted okay. to have like a nice a nice light movie for her to watch. And she watches it, and when you rent a movie off PSN, you can watch it as many times as you want in the next 24 hours yeah. once you start playing it. And she goes, you know, I wouldn't mind watching that again sometime. And I'm like, well... You've you got a day. <laughs> you watch it tomorrow night? She goes, sure. I'm like, okay, we'll watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up watching it twice. Now, keep, keeping on the subject of movies, uh, I don't think you've read the Dark Tower series. Have I you? have not. I okay. have not. Did you watch the trailer for the Dark Tower today? 
No, I didn't. I didn't realize okay. there was another trailer out for it. No, there is a trailer. There, there is, is a trailer. trailer. There's like, only there were, one. There were, okay. There were little teasers, but now like the actual trailer has come out. Okay. Um, and there is a lot that is absolutely beloved about Stephen King's Dark Tower series, and it's not horror. It's not like it has you know horror action elements, but so does Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's primarily kind of like an epic fantasy. And uh, one of the most interesting things about it is that it is a fantasy with like a world of magic and so on and so forth. But the hero is the gunslinger. Okay. He is this guy who is like Clint Eastwood in the Man with No Name series, but done up to a superhero Hmm. where he is unstoppable. He's very morally gray. Okay. But but if he decides to kill something, the thing's going to die. It's going to die, yep. And if you get into a gunfight with him, it doesn't matter that he's only got six bullets because it's described very explicitly in the movie the (laughs) way he will reload a gun with this little trick that he does with his fingers. It doesn't say what the trick is, but it it frames (laughs) it as some sort of magic that this guy can reload a a six-shot revolver in like a second. And... Ever since Idris Elba was announced as kind of the, the Roland who's going to be in the series, I, I've been hyped for this. But I've always wondered, are they going to have him do the, the the bullet trick? And if they are, what the fuck does the bullet trick look like? It's right there in the trailer. <laughs> okay, okay. I love now, so the much. Dark Tower series was like, was what, four books, five books? Oh, I want to say at least seven. Okay, how are they going to get seven. this into one movie? Or they're not going to try? It's going to be multiple movies. Well, actually, my understanding is, uh, first thing, there was talks about making it a miniseries, which everyone agreed it pretty much should have been. But um, my understanding is that once... Okay, spoilers for the Dark Tower series of novels by <laughs> Stephen King, listeners. <laughs> which is, what, 15, 20 years old? I mean, well, no, I actually... Wasn't only there a big gap, though? Ago. There was, was a, a huge gap. That's what I thought. There was a huge okay. gap. And everyone was like, well, it's never going to end. Anyway, um, so uh, at the end of the Dark Tower series, it becomes apparent that this whole thing to maintain the fabric of the universe, which is what the Dark Tower is, is not, uh, it doesn't protect anything. It is the universe. Okay. It symbolizes the universe um, with, across all worlds. And the tower exists within all worlds. But in your world, it might be a flower in a park. Mm, okay. And in 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 this world, it might be a literal black tower. Anyway, so once Roland reaches the end of his journey, he understands that he is actually part of the Dark Tower, and he is part of an Ouroboros. Um, he, he is part of an endless cycle that just okay. continues again and again and again, and he will have to suffer and lose everyone he loves and do everything. He will have to do this all over again for eternity. So the so this film is supposed to be the next loop in the cycle. Ah, uh, okay. It's not, it's not just retelling the novels again. It's, it's okay. just, yeah, the next kind of permutation of the story. Interesting. But Idris Elba as, as Roland, fucking awesome. Matthew McConaughey is the man in black. That is some good casting. I'm looking forward to this. I thought there were, there was talk of Idris Elba being the new Bond. He should have been the new Bond. Anyone saying he's too old is stupid. Well, if Connery he would could be have perfect. They yeah. brought back Connery when he was like 70 to do it I again. I know. And, and it was even rapier the shucking time. It was just not a, good. Just a little bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just watched okay, the trailer. Then. I watched it with sound later, but yeah, it's pretty cool. 
now now I have to talk about this time I called into a radio show when I was 17 because mm. we had uh, we had Sean Connery in town filming a movie <laughs> and the the woman who and this was a time when you had like you had a lot fewer stations than you did on cable now okay. so everyone watched the local station which I think at the time was global news hmm. and the entertainment reporter was a woman named Lisa Best so I call into the talk show, and I'm doing a much better job than I'm doing now of impersonating you're Sean Connery. Had practice, you're you know, yes, working at it for a while. Just a little yeah. bit. And I said, I'm quite enjoying your town. I even went out on a date with your lovely Alicia Best. <laughs> oh, really? How'd that go? Well, it was all going swimmingly until I asked her to shit on my face. You wouldn't believe what she did! <laughs> Hang I'm up, sorry, listeners. Click, 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 I'm click, sorry, click. listeners. I did not mean for it to get so blue. I forgot how bad that got. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure you can handle it. Yeah, Dark Tower is looking pretty hot. Um, speaking of blue, speaking of blue, I did watch both of those uh, stand-ups that you told me to watch. Oh, yeah. Of um, uh, Dave Chappelle. Uh, Dave Chappelle, yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, the first one was much better than the second one, I thought. Because oh. having the string of these are the four times I met... Yeah, uh, O.J. Simpson was yeah. hilarious. It was pretty. I I loved the stuff. I loved the stuff with his kids. With his kids in yeah. the second one. Yeah. Um. Th- there was a lot of good stuff, and I forget which one. Which one is the one he gets into about? Uh. uh just the part with with little was it little Wayne? Uh, that's the second one. That's yeah, I loved one. that part. That's the yeah. part I can recite. Is the, yeah, is that's the... the second one. Nah, I'm not gonna go there right now. Glist- but that was it, a. It glistens in the light. <laughs> what is this? Kneels down. Yeah. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna say it. So I put I put a little more time into Flint Hook, and I think I hate it less, but I don't think I enjoy it anymore. <laughs> oh, see, I'm so like, sad. You were really yeah, me too. forward to this. Me too. And uh, but I did get little nightmares. Oh, oh. And and I probably put an hour and a half into it. Okay. And the reason I haven't gone back to it since is because every time I kind of have a little bit of time at the end of the night and I might play it, the thought of playing it makes me feel a little bit like I want to throw up. Wow. And it's not because I didn't enjoy my time with it at all. It's really weird. It's just maybe it's just that it's that effective. Okay. Um, It is very beautiful, I find. It looks lovely. It looks like... It looks like something that was physically constructed and placed into a box in front of you. Okay. Like it, it looks beautiful, and the art the art of the lighting that is used is really, really beautiful. And your character carries around a little Zippo with her, or him. Okay. Uh, the, the, the character, the child you play as is genderless. Yeah. But, uh, but using that to like find your way in the dark uh, is, is really, really striking. But the simplest way to put it, what is Limbo? Last, last week we were asking if it was a horror game. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Little Nightmares yeah. e- equals Limbo, okay. but better graphics and not as well designed oh. in terms of mechanics and what you actually do. It's uh, The mechanics are not by any means bad. Uh, I have been able to kind of pretty much intuit my way through every area I got to up until the point that I died three times, couldn't figure out shit off for the night, and then never came back to it. Mm. But that's, that, is the, that is the key to understanding what is Little Nightmares. It's Limbo. Made by a triple A team. Okay. Yeah. See, part of the charm of Limbo, though, was that the low res nature of it—that it left so much to the imagination. Yeah. Yeah, that... and this this doesn't. But the presentation is is really really good. Like there was one where I'm hiding a little box from this from this like grown up kind of thing, and the, the thing has like a big bulbous head mm-hmm. and a tiny little squat body and these huge gangly arms and short little legs. 
and its mouth is like twitching as it's looking for me. Ugh. And like the corner, the corner of its mouth is coming up and exposing its teeth. And its <laughs> teeth are kind of gnashing a little bit inside the mouth. It yeah. looks amazing. It's going to eat me. <laughs> yes. That is definitely the impression you get is that these yep. things are hungry. Um, and it, it also looks really gross. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like it's, it's grabbed the skin from the top of its head and pulled it down so that there are folds of skin over its oh. eyes and the rest is just skull. And it, it's gross oh. and beautiful and, and like Tim Burton and, 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 uh, the, the guy who directed Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, uh, uh, Del, Del Toro. Toro. Yes. Yeah. And like Del Toro, like it really, it really has all that creepiness and the fact that it does feel so tactile and real that the graphics are like that. I, I don't have much bad to say about this game. All the worst I can say about it is that um, the puzzles aren't as good as Limbo, which is mm -hmm. a pretty high fucking bar. Yeah, it is. And uh, it was so effective that the thought of playing it makes me sick to my stomach. Mm. So maybe I really should put more time back into it. Uh, but I also checked out the Prey demo. I did not. I intentionally did not because I know it's part of the game and I don't want to... I know I'm going to play the game and I, I know I'm probably going to enjoy the game, I hope. What I've heard, having not watched any video of it, is that it is much more System Shock or Bioshock than anything else. Well, that's that's how it appeared to me in all the trailers we've seen in yeah. the past year or so. That it definitely felt like a spiritual successor to those games. Having played the demo, yes. Okay. Yes, okay. absolutely. Now, what I'll say is this is not as strong a demo as the opening of Bioshock by... A wide margin. The opening of Bioshock is one is an all time great. That's a good. That point. first half an hour. I mean, that's yeah, be, like, it'll be it's difficult. Like saying, you know, not as mechanically good as Limbo. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, not very, very fair comparison. But <clears throat> it is, it is good. It does really make you wonder about the world. Um, what I will say about the demo is the demo did not hype me for playing the game. As much as it did exploring its world, okay. Um, because you're you're kind of given the option to spec into some powers, but you don't. Uh, the only thing I kind of what did I do? I don't even. Remember, I don't even. That's the thing. I got a power. I don't even remember what the fuck it was. Hmm. It was something like going towards repairing. But in order to repair a thing, you need this much scrap, and I never found that much scrap, so I never repaired anything. Huh. And when I had that much scrap, I didn't find anything that seemed worth repairing. repairing. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but the skills that you unlock are totally like Bioshock stuff. Like you okay. can, you can hack a thing, then you can hack more things and the things that you can hack will do more stuff like that. Um, and the world was really, really beautiful and really kind of intricate in that Bioshock, uh, semi-open way. See, I was going to ask, how, how does it look? Cause it's not, it's, it's running on the CryEngine, which and CryEngine on consoles is not so hot. It looks great, but I will say I really sensed uh, input lag on the PS4. Ooh, okay. Uh, digital found, like, and I, I just thought it just kind of felt shitty to try to whack these bad guys with a wrench. I didn't really realize that that's what it was, was input lag, until I read Eurogamer talking about it. Okay. And apparently a, a patch is out day one that addresses we'll it on, uh, okay. on PS4. But it, but it, it did not it did not feel good whacking these alien things with a wrench. Uh, okay. It just it felt kind of more lucky when I killed it. <laughs> um, but uh, the the world is really interesting. The way you uh, the way you interact with all the machines and uh, and screens everywhere feels very intuitive. Um, and yeah, like I want to know more about the world. I want to know more about uh, kind of my, it's interesting. You want to know more about your character hmm. because you. Um, 
uh, you're told right off the bat that your name is your name is uh, Morgan Yu. You are the brother of Alex Yu, who runs this giant corporation. You get up onto uh, you wake up, you put on your suit, you get up onto the roof of your building, and you are flown in this beautiful helicopter ride to this other building where you will undergo some tests. Oh, right out of Half Life, so it's kind of the opening sequence, and you're semi-interactive kind of a thing. Yes, entirely. Okay. And um, and then you wake up the next day. But things are amiss. Mm. Um, the y- yesterday you went out into the hallway and there was someone working on a working on a panel in the hallway. Today that person is dead, <laughs> and you pick up the wrench, and then you keep on exploring. But there doesn't seem to be any way to get onto the roof like you did yesterday. So instead, you walk to the end of the hall and you smash a uh, you smash a fish tank, and on the other side of the fish tank is a hallway, mm. and on the other side, and once you get into that hallway. All you see are these observation areas looking in on your apartment. And what you thought was a window was not a window. It was like uh, a TV screen projecting into your apartment, giving the sense of outside. And what you thought was a roof was an indoor section with all these uh, special effects panels all around it to give you the impression that you were flying while the roof beneath you reorganizes itself into the office that you thought you landed on. So you never left this one space. You discover, and then you discover that maybe you are Morgan you, but you uh, you're experimenting with these uh, with these powers basically these these gene rewriter things. Okay. And every time you remove one, and the idea is they keep on they keep on installing them into you to see how they work, and then removing them, and then installing more and that have been tweaked and removing. But every time you remove one of these modifications, it resets your consciousness. Back to the moment you first had any modification installed. Okay. So as far as, so the Morgan you in the universe, uh, years ago started doing these modifications. So in order to start doing this testing thing, they had to reset you back to before the space station that the game takes place on even existed. And you, as far as you're concerned, you're living on Earth. And and so, like, so there's all kinds of questions. Like, did you actually volunteer for this shit? Are you even this guy's brother? I believe that this guy does run this corporation. Do I actually have any relationship with this person whatsoever? Okay. It's, it, it, there's so many questions, and I want to know who I am. Um, but do you want to actually play the game to do it? <laughs> well, that will be the test. And the thing is, I have a copy pre-ordered. It comes out on Friday. Um... And after, you know, there, there's been a couple games that came out since Horizon, I think. I think there's been one or two mm-hmm. that I was pretty excited about. And I put a little bit of time into them. Like, you know, Flint took great example. I'm just like, mm-hmm. man, Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you can't pass the Overwatch test in 2017, it's... <laughs> you're stuck. See, that the way you describe that sounds like Bioshock. With Very Bioshock. Little, with, well, it's got some Bioshock. It's got some... Um, Oh shoot! The horror game by the same guys who did Amnesia, science fiction. Oh, oh, Soma. Um, yeah, yeah, Soma. Soma. It's got some Soma in there. It sounds like it's got some Portal in there. Uh, with the testing stuff. Just with the testing. Well, thing, you're kind of I mean, stuck in there. No, I, I think yeah. I think going towards Portal is wrong. But it's definitely it. No, the the one thing that you can definitely say it feels like to me is Bioshock. Okay. Um, when you kind of get to the first semi-open area, you get this thing called the glue cannon. And what it does is it fires out uh, just like a pod. And when this pod sticks to any surface, it will boomf expand into something about the size of a basketball. And so it sticks to itself. So you can use this to create stairs. Oh, okay. And what I did was I used it to get up to a balcony that I don't think I should have been able to get to. But, of course, you can because you have the glue can and so on and yeah. so forth. And I explored around there and I found some stuff that 
maybe I shouldn't have been able to find. And then I walked across like the edge of the building across this little walkway that you're obviously not supposed to be on, but it's like a, it's like sticking off from the wall. So from there I got over to another balcony and then I looked down and realized that there were just some stairs that I could have climbed <laughs> to, to get up here. But... All proud of yourself. Oh wait, there's no stairs. Okay. It was just a long, dangerous shortcut. <laughs> yeah. So it, it looked, uh, it, uh, yeah, it, it did not unsell me on the pre-order. Okay. Well, yeah, that's I'm that's still, better I'm still, than I'm still just... going to get it. I'm still going to check it out. Okay. Okay. Well, I I attempted Hitman. And it's it's uh it's Hitman. It is. In very very much Hitman. It even has some some better assists. I want I want to say training wheels on it than some previous Hitman games. It's got a lot of them actually. Yeah. I mean, in, in that you start a new area and you can go into a menu and you can click on one of the opportunities, and the opportunities will put up a, uh, a a checkpoint on your map, and you can walk towards a checkpoint, and it basically tells you what to do. So it will handhold you through several of the possible solutions for any given level. And I that's how I got through the fashion level. I literally picked it, and I you know I liked the idea of seeing forty seven walk down the runway, so I did that, and it was awesome. And then you go up to the you finish that level, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, then you, you, you do do that part, then you walk upstairs, and, and the woman, one of your targets, doesn't recognize you for who you are. She starts talking, she turns her back, I immediately get her with um, fiber wire and put her in a closet. And I'm like, this is cool. So then I went downstairs, washed all my stuff off, went and tended bar, made a guy's favorite drink, put rat poison into it, he goes into the bathroom, throws up, I drown him in the toilet, level's done. I'm like, this is awesome. I did not, did not so mind... Wait, what, what was the point of being on the catwalk? Um, that just the, for fun? The point of being on the catwalk was just to convince people that you were this model. There's oh, okay. a super famous model who just happens to be bald and have a square chin. Hmm. So he looks just like 47. So part of selling the entire fashion show that you were this guy was actually going out there and doing the walk. Hmm. So And, and it's kind of funny because he, he, you know, he walks very stiff. He, he steps Look at the way the he catwalk. swings his right arm but not his left. Yeah, oh my God, it's him. <laughs> He, it's like they got the walk down, so suddenly he's actually walking the way this guy was walking. So, oh, really? um, okay. yeah, no, it did. It was. It, it's. It actually. You know, he, you could see that Forty Seven was trying to actually play the part more than just walking out in the runway. Cool. So I'm like, all right, I did that. And and judging from your reaction, that's not how you did that level. You that did it a different way. I dropped um, a chandelier on him. There you go. So these levels are massive and huge and intimidating. And I was fine with playing it on easy mode. It didn't bother me. So I get to the next level, which is on this gigantic... It's not just this villa. It's the town around the villa as well. And you've got, again, two targets. There's a guy who runs a corporation, and there's a woman up there who was arranging a meeting for something or something like that. I don't remember the specifics. So I go to my first opportunity area, and I'm like, okay, I can, I can disguise myself as a cook. So I go in... And I walk in as a new hire cook. The guy says, make this guy spaghetti sauce. Here's the recipe. I add some stuff that's not supposed to be in the recipe to the recipe. Feed it to him. And the guy says, this is terrible. Walks away from his guards, stands by a cliff, and starts throwing up over the cliff. I kick him in the ass. He falls off the cliff. He's dead. Once again, easy mode, but I'm fine with that. And then I get hooked on this next part where I'm supposed to impersonate this golf pro who's having an affair with the second target. But he will not leave this area where there are guards. He will not 
leave. He won't, won't go anywhere where I can take his clothes. The guards won't leave. I cannot for the life of me figure out. So I spent like 20 minutes just dicking around in this area. It didn't give you a hint of what to do? No. Hmm. It's it said it, it said specifically once once I realized what was going on and he finally made the phone call to make the booty call basically and and, and then he he calls up to her you overhear that oh let's meet and then he doesn't leave he like goes back by his golf cart and hangs out I'm like what are you doing man she's waiting for you and you're hanging out by your golf cart well you gotta make him wait yeah so <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about when they're ready you go. Um, <laughs> So I just got endlessly frustrated because I couldn't figure it out. And I know I probably could have picked a different opportunity to do something else, but it's just, I, I, I got frustrated and intimidated and, and I wanted to start shooting. But as soon as you do that, this hitman does not tolerate you just starting to shoot. Yeah, you just die. Yeah, because like the last one I played, if you suddenly wanted to play it as a shooter, you could. Yeah, you could kill and, everyone. Yeah, and it lets you do it. And it, it, it punished you by giving you a little score, but it actually it allowed you. This one, no, you get killed. 47 takes like two bullets and he's dead. Yeah, and I did find that kind of frustrating because there always was something satisfying about like picking your loadout before you go into a level and choosing like a big fucking shotgun. Yeah. And you just walk into the building holding the shotgun and everyone's like, oh my God, yeah, this is happening, man. Boom. Yep. And then just clearing house. It felt cathartic. This one, you have to earn the loadouts for the level. Like once you beat it the first time, you go back and do it again. And if, if you unlock some other stuff, you can take other weapons in there. So th the fact that it was episodic, it really is designed for you to play these levels over and over and over again to find all the different ways. And then there's basically free DLC where people create hits in these levels. That you can go back and do okay, later question. on. If I unlock like a hatchet in the first level, is that hatchet available to me for all levels or just the first I level? I think it's just for that level. I think Bullshit. you have to okay. unlock them for each level, I believe. That sucks. So, I mean, this I recognize that the game is exactly what it wants to be. Kind of like how we talked about last week, how, how mm. Torment was exactly what it wants to be. But what it wants to be and what I want to play... <laughs> Did different. not mesh up. So I, I bid that one a fond farewell. Uh, it, 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 gets sit it gets set right next to like like the Dark Souls games and Bloodborne as games that are good, but uh, they do not fit what I want to spend my evening with. So I don't feel too bad about that, about not wanting to play that. So, so Mario Kart oh. is awesome. What? For Honor. Oh, For Honor? I'll talk about that in a second. Okay. Because that one was good, but it pissed me off. Okay. Um, Mario Kart 8 is, is just really good. I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. I mean, if you've played a Mario Kart game, you've played this game. I played the first one. Yeah. I mean, I, my, I, I played an unreasonable amount of Double Dash on the GameCube because that was when I was running a store and it was dead in the afternoons. So mm -hmm. one of the part-timers and I played Mario Kart for like three hours a day for <laughs> months. Because we got all our shit done, so we screwed around. Were um, they better? Were you guys like equally? We were equally equal? good. Yeah, we, okay. we were equal in that one. So, I mean, the skills that you had in that part, it's still Mario Kart. You still drift the same way. You've got a third level of, of drift now. So if you drift long enough, you get a longer boost off the end of it, which is cool. It gives you adds a little more strategy to it. It's got all of the levels from the Wii U plus all of the DLC levels. So it's got all of the levels that were 4 or 8 already in there, all unlocked. So you can just kind of go in there and do it. Um, you still unlock new carts by collecting coins in the races. So I unlock 
unlocked what looks like um, a Can-Am Spider. It's got two wheels in the front, one wheel in the back. So it matches my bike. That's my car now. That's, I mean, I, I, I race with that cart exclusively because it matches what's in my garage. Um, it's just, it's fun. I sit down and, 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 and my son wants to play with me. So we'll, I, I, I drop it down to 50cc for him. And he raced and he's, he, I beat him, but he still has fun with it. And then... <laughs> I left him alone with it, and my daughter, who's older, and my daughter does not play video games. She's a, she's a 14-year-old girl. She plays stuff on her phone, Sims mm-hmm. or whatever. She's like, what's the boy doing? I'm like, well, he's playing Mario Kart. You have Mario Kart? <clears throat> yeah. Can I go play with him? Uh, sure. So suddenly Mario Kart is like this peacemaker where the two kids in my house who don't get along sat down next to each other, next to each other in close proximity and played Mario Kart. <laughs> Doing, I mean, you know, you made this joke where, where the, the the switch, I say it was for me, but it was for my son. Well, no, it actually is for the kids. They get more out of it than I do. They really do. I mean, I, I like Mario was, Kart. That was not the original intent, though. No, it wasn't. But that's how it's turning out. And I'm fine with that. I bought Mario yeah. Kart. I, I do like Mario Kart. It's a lot of fun. Online works. It actually, I was able to go online. I got matches. And as long as you don't take it seriously, because it's Mario Kart, you'll be okay. Because... If you're leading when you're playing online, it's almost it almost punishes you for leading. Yeah, because of the blue shell. Yeah, because in the last half lap, whoever's whoever's in first ends up finishing like eighth because everybody in the whole world fires all their shit at the guy in first place, and you just lose. So you're almost better off hanging in second or third and making a, a dash for it in the last half lap to try to do it. But it's it's just fun. I know it's a cheap sale for them because it's just a port of the Wii U version plus all the DLC. I guess it sold like unbelievably well. Yeah, apparently it was the uh it was the best launch of a Wii, of a Mario Kart game ever. Yeah. Yeah. And after after um after it after Mario Kart 8 happened on the Wii U, headlines were like, "Okay, is Mario Kart over?" based on the sales numbers. Do people just not care about Mario Kart anymore? No, no they don't care about the just, Wii U. Yeah. Yeah. I, get, I, I saw somewhere that like the top five gaming-related things on Amazon, three of them are PSN gift cards. The other two are Zelda and Mario Kart. <laughs> and Horizon's somewhere in the top ten. I saw a thing somewhere that they are debating um, doing a, a handheld-only Switch. Um, I think if that brings the price down, I can see that happening. If it brings the price down and they kind of improve the form factor a little bit because it looks really uncomfortable to play in uh, handheld mode. It's me. a little too big, honestly. Really? Because I, yeah. I don't like the I don't like the button and analog stick placement on the right hand side. I, I mean, I, I say it's I'm too big me. because it, it, it won't fit in your pocket. It's it's not. I mean, you got to have a case for it. You got to have a well, big old I, I wear, a big old. I wear, I wear jackets. Oh, okay. It'll fit in your inside pocket of your coat. That's there right. You go. That's right. There you go. So, I mean, I, I have no complaints about Mario Kart. It was 50 bucks or six. I know it was 60 bucks for a re-release. That's fine. <laughs> that thing will get played for you like you won't believe. It'll get hours and hours put into, into it by more than just me, and that's fine. It was it was a worthy investment. It It, it is the Switch is seeing use again because Mario Kart has arrived. Um, I'm probably not going to buy ARMS, so I'm once again... <laughs> Nothing's going to happen until probably Cinemora comes out. I'll buy that in a heartbeat. So, and then I played For Honor. And did Which you play- kind of amazes me, because I know it has a single-player campaign, it but that's does. not why no, anyone's that, buying That's the For thing, Honor. though. The single-player campaign's actually pretty good. It yeah, reminds but- me of Rise. Which you didn't does, play because it was an Xbox exclusive. Yeah, but but does does the single player campaign itself like legitimize the purchase of the game? No, hell no. 
Absolutely not. This is not a game I would have purchased. This is a game I rented and enjoyed because it took me two nights to get through. Which should have been two nights. It took me three nights because of Ubisoft's dumbassery, which I'll get into in a second. <laughs> um, no, it's the combat is interesting. So how it works is is you've got these little mooks that you can just wipe out, but one with one hit. But anybody worth fighting, you hold in. Um, let me get my PS3 controller, so a PS4 controller, so I can actually map this out correctly for you. Okay, you hold in L2 to target okay. them, to lock onto them. Um, your you move with the left analog stick, and you change your stance with the right analog stick. You have left sta- like like left, right, and upper. Um, that's how you block by holding in one of those directions. So if the guy swings at you with an overhand strike, you hold up, and it'll block that. Left, right, same thing. Is, um, is the L2 lock on a toggle? or a, uh, you, can, you can set it to a toggle if you want. I left it okay. as hold, but you can set it to a toggle. Um, and then you can like double tap it, and it'll change targets in there. Um, you're not really fighting more than one good guy very often. At most, two or three. It, it really is designed as a one-on-one thing. Um, okay. And then from there, you've got R1, which is a, easy, a, a light attack. R, R, yeah, R2 which is a heavy attack, and then square is like an unblockable shoulder rush, and then X is dodge or something like that. But in that relatively simple control scheme, you've got all sorts of like feints where you can, you can go for a heavy attack and hit circle and it feints it, and then you can change the direction because you're trying to like fake the opponent out for which direction you're going to go, left, right, or top. You can just straight up block, or if you hit block at just the right time, you can parry it, and the samurai characters have a move where if you dodge at just the right time, he kind of puts his sword up, there's quick sparks, and you can hit him with a with a heavy attack afterwards. So it's this constant kind of give and take feinting with what attack you're going to use. Now against the computer, eh, it, it's you can figure out the pattern that they're using, but I can see if this was against another person and you're good at it, it being a really good kind of dueling mechanic where it's got this rock, paper, scissors thing going on. I'm like high, low, medium, am I going to dodge? What combo am I going to use? I mean, And you are definitely not going to try that. No, I didn't play it online at all. Um, but Why I not? can see... Uh, because, like, this, oh, honestly, this is potential to be the best part of this game, and you're like, I don't want to play that. Well, okay, honestly, because it's been out for so long, if I went online, oh, I yeah, would get absolutely rocked, because the people who've been playing this online have been playing this online. Check with this noob, he's still trying to faint. Exactly. I mean, the meta for that has probably changed over and over again, that the way it actually works may have nothing to do with how it worked against the computer. I'm just saying that, that even, even single player against the computer, this combat was interesting. There are the, the different characters, each had different abilities. Like you, I mean, you, you play through the knights, and then you play through the Vikings, and you play through the samurai. And each of them had their own feels. That the knights were very much about about parrying and then attacking, and the Vikings were like pretty much just rush, run in there and yell Valhalla and swing as hard as you can. And the samurais had had, had less hit points, and, and they weren't even about blocking because their weapons were lighter. They're about the the dodge move, so you dodge around the back and stab them in the back with it. So, and in even each of the three different. Um, got classes, factions. Each have classes in there of different guys. Um, the Vikings had a Valkyrie class, and she kicked ass. She had a sh- he had a shield and a long spear, which you could use these big swiping motions and then stab a guy in the face with it. it looked really cool. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of action like removing of limbs, but the samurai 
you could if for a finishing move you could actually chop a head off which looked pretty cool hmm. um but i mean as a as a game it was good the fights were challenging it it, it had an interesting setup where the, the the main bad guy is a woman her name is apollyon and her whole point is to just keep war going because she, she she wants only the fittest of all three of these factions to survive. So everything she does is just a way to stoke the flames of war between the other three factions. And you finally get to fight her. And you realize that even in killing her, you're just doing what she wants. And there's just no getting out of this. That it's just war. War never changes. So, <laughs> But this is Ubisoft. So there has to be some bullshit hiding in there somewhere. I was working on it two nights ago and it was late but it was the last mission and I had momentum going I could tell it was the last mission I had just finished a couple fights and I'm fighting Apollyon so I know I'm done and I get this little pop up that says servers are going down in 10 minutes for maintenance I'm like I don't care I'm playing single player it doesn't matter so I'm fighting Apollyon and she's kicking my ass and then I get another pop up servers are going down in 5 minutes I'm like ah, I don't care I'm not playing multiplayer 5 minutes later servers are going down I'm disconnected from the server and it kicks me off you can't even play single player. It is surprised. completely dependent on the internet connection. I know, I mean, I'm not surprised, but it still is, is bullshit that you cannot play without connection to the Ubisoft servers. Yes. It, 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 it really bothered me that, that they locked it down like that. I don't even know why. I wasn't playing co-op. I had everything turned off so no one could join my game. I just wanted to play. And yeah, it's just because they don't, they didn't see it as a single-player game. I know. I know. But, I mean, for the single-player part of it, I did enjoy it. I mean, it was fun. And I actually, I managed to put about 20 minutes into Neo. Okay, well, first of all, I want to say I'm surprised that you enjoyed For Honor's single-player campaign. But you fucking played Neo? Why? Because uh, I, I wanted to see. I guess, I mean... I, I was I'm honestly I was just curious about this because I actually did like some of the some of the Ninja Gaiden games. Well, once a year I'll try eating fish, but I still don't like fish, so I think I see where you're coming from. <laughs> so I I just wanted to see because I, I mean you played it and you put it down and your reaction was I could get good at this, but I don't wanna. Yeah, it's just not it wasn't grabbing me. So I mean I I didn't even get to the meat of it. I just played through the Escape from Tower of London, which doesn't really even introduce any of the actual no. mechanics of the game, no. and I and I turned it off where you're like in this dreaming training area where now it's going to introduce me to the actual mechanics of the game and I'll probably get pissed off at it right in there because the Tower of London, it's just like, hey, I have heavy attacks, I have light attacks, I'm picking up equipment, this is not bad. Mm -hmm. Um, It actually, I mean, you were right, it feels totally Ninja Gaiden. With yes. the with the way it, you way you move and the way you target things and the way blocking really the, isn't the what you want to do. Of your strikes is yeah, I mean Ninja it's Gaiden. pretty much just back up, let them swing, jump in, slash slash slash, back up again. It it feels like Ninja Gaiden, hundred um, percent. But then there's this other mechanic that they're about to introduce that you talked about, which strikes me as not going to be mm. a good time. So, so we'll see how that goes. I'm just trying Ooh. to power through the backlog to get to the good stuff. So, yeah, I, okay, I'm going. My prediction <laughs> is that if you beat the first area, you won't beat the second. Okay. You will put it. You will put it down by the end of the second because that second boss can just go to fucking hell. Yeah, you're probably right. If it's the caves, I'm pretty sure it was the caves. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's still on the boat right now. I even didn't even get off the boat. Because like you beat the Tower of London, you escape, mm. and then like the the guy steals your spirit or whatever, and then you're on a boat, and then now it's taking you to the training area where you're gonna learn this key thing where you have to like 
do your blocking or recover or whatever that you talked about. So. It's it's got interesting ideas, but I don't think the it, the ideas that it brings forward actually improve the genre at all. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's like it's just unnecessary. Yeah, so I it's I kind of want to. I mean, I, I will give that the college try, old college try, and see how I like it. But I, I just realized that there are two horror games out right now that I haven't played in Little Nightmares and Outlast Two, and I feel like I'm mm-hmm. betraying I'm betraying my genre of choice here. So I may. Well, have those shown up from? Uh, no, they they haven't. But I mean. I own the well, first Outlast. I own the first Outlast. I, I, mean, I don't know why I wouldn't own the second. I may just stop. You didn't being even a... like the first Outlast. All I that did much. though. I mean, I liked no, it as a whole. I liked no, you it didn't. as a whole. Go I, back and I go didn't. back and listen to our Chamberlain. I'm sure we did a yeah, Chamberlain chance on Outlast, and I liked it way more than you did. I, I thought that I relied too much on cheap jump scares, and that it started out good but decreased significantly as it went through. Especially that fucking ending. Yeah. And that's why Whistleblower was interesting, because it starts with the terrible stuff and moves backwards. So Whistleblower mm. is bad in the beginning, gets better as you go through the end. Because mm. <laughs> as soon I mean, all of the science-y stuff was like the worst parts of the bad Resident Evil games. Yes. So, I mean, but 2 looks, I don't know, 2 looks, I, I don't know, I, I just want something scary to play. You, you have optimism for horror games, like I have optimism for all games. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, does it, so, so anything? No, know, that that Neo? that was the what was that? No, with Neo. I, no, that, that was that was the extent of what I played it. It was like twenty minutes. Amazed you're playing Neo. I just wanted to try it. I wanted to see. You know. No, no, I was I was the same. I, I was not expecting myself to get it. I, I did not have it pre-ordered, and then I was like, "Oh, these reviews are all so good. I gotta check it out." Yeah. Well. Like, damn it! I was right. <laughs> Right to not pre-order it, so well, that's that's it. I mean, it's my. I'm, I'm trying to clean up this list a little bit because there's really good stuff that I want to play. I, I need to play Horizon. I need to play Near. I need to play Mass Effect. Persona Five. Oh God, I'm scared of Persona Five. I'm scared. I'm not going to like it as much as you guys do and not finish it. Like, Did you play three or four? I I started four and I never finished it. Oh, then that's a very real risk. And, like and, I started and, five and didn't finish it. And, as a Overwatch. Well, I mean, but, but the reason I didn't finish 4 is, like, I liked the dungeons, I liked the combat, I didn't like all the social interaction stuff. It's like the parts of high school I didn't enjoy. So, Those are my it, favorite parts. See, I, I, I like the combat. I, the, the combat in the Persona game was so intricate. It, it reminded me of the combat in, like, in um, in, in Nocturne and then Digital Devil Saga, the press battle system, where if, if you get something wrong, eh, you're dead. <laughs> well, yeah, though, then if, if, if you liked P4 for the battle system, you'll love this, because it's the exact same thing. Okay. Yeah. We'll see how long the style and sexiness keeps me occupied. It didn't keep me occupied for uh, long. Uh, so does that mean it's time for headlines? I think so. Headlines! In Overwatch news, following patch 1.11, the game started crashing, and it was, as it turns <laughs> out, due to D.Va being in your game. If you were playing D.Va, or anyone on your team were playing D.Va, or anyone on the other side was playing D.Va. Now, this happened just as the event kind of occurred to get D.Va's new skin, the policewoman's skin. So okay. I suspect it had something to do with that. So what Blizzard did was they patched the game to remove D.Va, Holy so shit. that you could not select her in any mode. They announced, they put like an announcement on the front page saying, we got a problem with D.Va, so she can't be played right now. That night, they worked on a fix. Before people got up the next morning, the fix was implemented. D.Va was back in the game. God, Blizzard is good. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah, very, very fast reaction from Blizzard. Uh, they also announced this week that Overwatch has exceeded 5 million registered players, or 30, pardon, 30 million registered players. Now, does that registered players list count people who played for a day and never played again? Like probably. Me? Yeah, probably. 
You're, you're one of them. One of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Google goo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> me and my me and my shitty soldier are okay being on the sidelines for a little while. <laughs> uh, Darkest Dungeon Kickstarter backer Diorama showed up at Red Hook, and they are mad sexy, and they will be available for purchase. And I'm going to assemble myself the best collector's edition I've ever met. <laughs> I'm what are you gonna do with it? I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it like on a shelf or on a desk or on a wall or on any flat surface, and I'm just gonna look at it, and okay. I'm gonna like take it into work and do the same thing. I shouldn't talk. I went through a figures phase too. I still have my old stuff too. People would be like, Dave, stop playing with box. your toys. I'm like, I can't. I have all of the um, the Todd McFarlane um, Alice figures from the first Alice game. I'm a little jelly of that. I would. Oh, the first Alice game? No. The first Alice game. I, w- I would take uh, I would take a, a figure of her from the new Alice game, The Madness Returns. Um, but I could never I could only find her in like the Queen of Hearts okay. dress, and I couldn't find her in her normal dress or like uh, yeah. There were a lot of good figures, but I never got found Actually, one that I I'm liked. missing one. I don't have the Jabberwock, but I've got Alice. I've got the Hatter. I've got the Caterpillar. I've got the Cat. You've got the of Cat. Yeah. I've got the Cat. Got cat a, came with Alice. You've got Alice and the Cat. You're good. Yeah. 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 But they're lonely uh, in a box in the spidery part of the basement. I should take them out and put them somewhere. Yeah, freak out the kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of Darkest Dungeon, the Radiant Patch is currently in cer- certification for PS4 and Vita. For some reason, I thought it had been out on PS4 and Vita for months. I kept on wondering why I wasn't seeing this new content. <laughs> Am I doing something wrong? <laughs> anyway. Uh, Shin Yomawari is coming west as Yomawari Midnight Shadows. It will launch this fall on PS4, Vita, and PC. Yay. Yeah, okay. <coughs> Pardon me. Studio Gobo, which made uh, DLC, the Pirates of the Caribbean DLC for the first Disney Infinity, and they pretty much made Disney Infi- Infinity 3.0 on their own, they've partnered with Microsoft Studios for whatever their next game is. What are they going to do? Microsoft doesn't have enough characters for that. I know, who's to say it'll be the same genre? Um, Did you play any of those like Disney fuck, Infinity no, games? No, no, or no, Skylanders I'm, I'm, or anything I'm, like that? I am not Brandon Jones. No. Okay. No. Yeah, I he never touched any of Disney them. Infinity. No. Yeah, the, the whole games to life or toys to life thing never really appealed to me. I understand no. why they're successful. I can get the mindset of a kid who would get into that. I am not that kid. No, no. no. Too much junk to buy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dead Space 2 and 3 are now backwards compatible on Xbox One, and I am jealous. One of those games is worth playing again. You know, I would I would play 3 up until the point where you're done the spacewalks. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. all that section was fucking awesome. Yeah. And yeah, Dead Space Two in its entirety is worth playing, but I'd like to go back to the first there's one. There's that, uh, there's that backwards compatibility that nobody wants. Nobody wants that. Why would you do I, that? Well, the thing is, I want it, but even if I had it, <laughs> would I not play Overwatch and play Dead Space one night? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but, but like the, on the principle of the thing, I just yes, like, I fucking want it. I just like watching my ready to ready to be installed list grow, mm-hmm. because all the old games that I own for 360. You know, as DLC, not DLC, but all the digital only games that I owned, they mm. just get added to your list. And I've got like 150 games that I could install if I wanted to. I don't because I don't want to play them again, but they're there in my digital library. What's kind of weird about it is the fact that you know that this is costing Microsoft money to do this. Yeah. Like, I I can pretty much, well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just that uh, the the publisher, whoever owns the game, has to let them, give them the license to do it on the Xbox One. But um, 
but beyond that, just the, the, the bandwidth on their system for all these people downloading mm -hmm. these, these legacy titles, that's costing them money. They did not have to do that. That's, I, that's, it's, a, that's a hell of a box to check. I, I don't necessarily want to attribute it to goodwill because it, it is a lot. I mean, you can just go out and buy these digitally now if you never owned them before. Yeah, but, but it's, I mean, it's, it's it, keeping old games around that, around that may have actually disappeared. I think, At I least think it's for one very generation. much about, about identity management and image management. Yeah. That's 100% what it, why it is. Yeah. But it's not how it feels. It feels mm. like you really get me, Microsoft. <laughs> you really get me the way that Sony does it. <laughs> you know? I don't know why I'm with that guy. <laughs> well, you know, maybe there'll be more money from the government coming your way. Get yourself an Xbox One and never yeah, use it because Overwatch is on the PS4. That's right. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Uh, the uh, the publisher blurb on the official E3 website for Sega and Atlas listed a title called 13 Sentinels as hey. being present at E3 2017 this year. Uh, now, I did a blog post about this, but for the record, 13 Sentinels is the next thing from Vanillaware. Vanillaware are the people who made Dragon's Crown, uh, one of my games of the year, Odin's Fear Leithra's Ear, definitely one of my there. games of the year, <laughs> uh, Muramasa Rebirth, another one of my games of the year. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's the next thing from, like, Probably my single favorite Japanese studio, period. Like, the only three Japanese studios I really care about are Vanillaware, um, uh, SEJ, J, J, or SEJ, Sony Computer Entertainment Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, their, uh, their studio, Siren, has done some great things, mm -hmm. uh, namely Gravity Rush and the Siren series, and Platinum. But Platinum, you can never know what you're getting from Platinum. Yeah, they're you're about 50%, yeah. Not even 50%. I think, I think, their, I think their awesomeness... Has has been heavily diluted. Yeah. Like like yeah, that Transformers game was kind of awesome, but are you going to put it up there with fucking Vanquish and Bayonetta? No. 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 So what we've really got from them are Bayonetta one, two, and Vanquish. Yeah. And some would say Near Automata, but Near Automata did not pass the Overwatch test, so I can't really speak to that. So my wish for Thirteen Sentinels mm -hmm. is four K, like real four K. I want hand-drawn sprites in 4K. No. Oh. There's no fucking way. There's no way. I would... that If, if that does happen, uh, then, you know, color me wrong. But let's be honest, how, how often is Chance wrong about his predictions? Not uh, very... We're getting to that later, so... <laughs> yeah, yes, we are. Um, I will eat crow when the time comes. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, have, I have a whole... I have a whole operatic thing oh, come planned on. out for this. No, it's going to take me some time. It's going to take me some time. I've had days to plan this, and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I... I, I, I got much... to be right about the Dear God yesterday, so I guess yeah, it was right. my turn. That's now right. it's your turn to be right. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, I remember um, the original the original art that they put together for for their games is almost always done... At, at whatever resolution they're working at. So I can pretty much promise you that this was all made for 1080p. Okay. Um, now, Sony could have come to them at some point, but they probably didn't. Sony probably doesn't give a shit what Vanillaware is doing, which is Sony's fucking mistake. Yeah. It really is a mistake on Sony's part. So is it possible? I believe it's possible. Is it likely? No. No, it will not happen. Uh, also unlikely is just the Vita version of the game getting localized, but cross your fingers, mm. keep hope alive. You've proved you can play these games without being able to read them. That's right, I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
there is a rumor going around Japan that Sony has locked down Monster Hunter 5 for the PS4. Now, this, this is appearing on, like, you know, Japanese websites, Japanese yeah. uh, uh, message boards. So I think it's just probably wishful thinking from the Japanese. <laughs> I, I can't don't imagine think there true. not being a mobile version of that. Uh, yeah, it's on the 3DS, like, all the time. Yeah. Well, it's going to yeah, end up on the Switch eventually. Well, yeah, it's it's one of the reasons that the 3DS was so successful in Japan. It's one of the reasons the Wii was so successful in Japan was Monster Hunter being on that platform. It is huge over there, and it has quite a following in North America. Have you ever played one? Um, I th- no, I, I don't. I think I tried one once and was like, "This is this is what they're excited about." This yes, is... like just the gameplay felt so shitty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. combat just felt really shitty to me. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not dying for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph Fares, he's the guy who directed a uh, totally overrated game called <laughs> Brothers A Tale of Two Sons. Uh, he hinted that his next title may, might be revealed at E3. Rumors have, have suggested that the game will be six <laughs> hours of middling gameplay with one clever bit at the end. Oh, so two hours longer than Brothers. Okay, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I thought you'd want to know that. <laughs> yeah, I do want to know that. That makes that That gives me... I don't know. I can't trust him to do it again, so we'll see. Uh, Bethesda has teased two unannounced titles for E3 via a presser invite that suggests the publisher's games as zones in, like, a theme park, and two of the zones in the theme park are under construction. So there might be two unannounced Bethesda games. Hmm. Never know. That's, mm. there Could be more DLC. Go walking. Yeah. Dragonborn. Or maybe Doom 2. <laughs> you know... I would almost be happier with another with a Doom Two announcement than the next Elder Scrolls game. God, I don't know. Because, and I'll tell you why. Because Doom, I can enjoy, and then it's done. I can move on to something else. Whereas the next Elder Scrolls game, I you know will I will enjoy, and it's going to take me a hundred hours. See, to me, and maybe this is just like the cynic part of me. But I almost don't want to see Doom 2 because I think back to 2016 Doom and I'm thinking anything you could add or remove or change to that would just be fucking it up. Like, I don't know how you can improve on that. It was so perfect. What if it's for... more of the same, new levels, 30 bucks? No, no, no. Like if DLC. It's 30 bucks, I know it'll be less. No, see, even even the price. There's right. There's a thing where you pay money for something and then you attribute value to it even if you don't actually like it. What is that uh. called? Like there's a term for that, Some kind of ownership thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like ownership bias. Ownership bias. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's it. Like, you you tell me that it's 30 bucks. I'm like, well, that's not worth buying. (laughs) It's only 30 bucks. But it's Everyone's like, game of the year. No, it's only 30 bucks. (laughs) Witcher, blood and wine. Oh, it's only 20 bucks. It can't be that good. (laughs) I feel bad having not played that part of it. Alex is turning over in his grave. He's that Um, hungover. Okay. Uh, Yeah, okay, here we go. Yeah, Now, now, uh... Yeah. A long, long time yeah. ago, like 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 what a week ago. <laughs> yeah, like it was it was way back, way back in a more innocent time of uh, the last week of um, April 2017. Uh-huh. There was a conversation between three media titans, uh-huh. and I happen to have the transcript right in front of me here. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I'm going to read it. Check the tapes. <laughs> I'm going to read it for our listeners. I just I, I just want everyone to hear this. Uh huh. <laughs> Chamberlain, it's kind of like the ending of Darksiders, where you're never going to get the game they wanted to make. Chance, you know, you you never know, you never know. Maybe the Alex, oh, what the fuck are they going to do? Chance, who knows? But you know what, man? Have faith. 
Have faith. The impossible can happen. As I recall, we were sitting around this table like last September or something, and I was assuring you that it was entirely possible that Trump could get elected. And you're like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Chamberlain, we're talking about good things happening. Chance, we could get Darksiders 3. Alex, yeah, that's not picking me up. <laughs> Chance, sings. Good things will happen. Bad things will happen, too. That's life, baby. That's life. Trump gets elected. You get Darksiders 3. Maybe this is how karma will balance the world. Chamberlain, Darksiders 3 had better be really, really Chance. Better be really fucking good. <laughs> Alex, that's what I'm worried at the most. Even if it gets off the ground, what if it's just a budget shadow? Isn't that worse? Chance, well, yes, that would be worse than nothing. I agree with that, if it was shitty. Alex, I have to, I think that was their offer, and the ex-vigil guys are like, no, we gotta do it right or we don't. Chance, uh, where are you getting that information from? Alex, there was some clamoring two, three years ago about how Nordic's really serious about this, and that vanished. Chance, hmm. Or maybe Nordic really was serious. They got to work on it. We just haven't heard anything since because they're in development mode. Mm -hmm. Alex, fingers crossed. Chance, sings. Good things will happen. Bad <laughs> things will happen too. <clears throat> Headline. Uh-huh. Nordic Games and Gunfire Games have revealed Darksiders 3, <laughs> due out in 2018. Gunfire consists largely of ex-vigil staff, and a group photo of the studio suggests that the headcount is about 50. Like, it's pretty sizable. It's, yeah. not, it's not a little indie studio. Uh, ex-vigil creative lead and comic star Joel Maduera, now working on Battle Chasers Night War with his studio Airship Syndicate, tweeted that he is not directly involved in Darksiders 3, but expects it to be awesome. It's worth noting that uh, Battle Chasers Night War is also being published by 505, or Nordic Games, pardon me. Okay. It's also being published by Nordic Games, so there is a relationship between those studios. And uh, he, he said in a later tweet that if they want any kind of help or collaboration, he's totally up for it. So, <laughs> oh, man. So I watched the trailer, and the trailer looks awesome. And, 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 of course, being a bitch, I had to find something to complain about. So I complained about Fury's Eyes being a little kind of anime for things, a little big, yeah, a little kind I, of it, washed out. It didn't and bother me. heels? As, Come it on. Didn't, it didn't bother me as much the second time because yeah. I felt like her eyes looked larger than they were because of the amount of eyeshadow around them. Yeah, okay, yeah, it could yeah, be that I too. Think, I think that might be the case. But I think, I, did you watch, did you look at the blog post I put up yesterday? Yeah, I did. About, I did. about the different costumes? Yeah, this the new one's better. Than it, the it's ones. infinitely yeah. better. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and to me, she's not really sexualized at all, or is is how I kind of see her. But and and this is a really weird way to put it. It's a really weird bar to make this judgment at. But the thing is, or to me, the reason I feel that way is because I look at Fury, and I don't really want to have sex with her. That's it. That's an interesting like, way. Of, okay. Like I don't. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm. You know. Like I. It's not like I, I sit around jerking off to Juliet Starling and Lollipop Chainsaw or nothing, but you show me some footage of Juliet Starling and Lollipop Chainsaw, and I'm like, hmm, I could. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like Parts of you respond. That's right, yeah, and, yeah. and this this goes this goes so far as games like you know Sarah Bryant and Virtua Fighter, I think was her name, like the girl with the flaming flinko style. Oh yeah, blonde, yeah, the blonde, the yeah, blonde, she, yeah, yeah. She's always wearing like a halter top or something. I don't know. Yep. But, uh, and you know, so I'm, I'm a guy, I'm, I'm prepared to admit that the female characters in games can have that effect on me. This character does not have that effect on me at all. Um, so I don't feel like she was designed to elicit that effect at all. I feel like she was designed to fit in with the world and feel really dangerous. And she does feel feel dangerous to me. Maybe I, it's just that cinematic of grabbing the thing's axe with a whip and, and cutting its, its own head off. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the, 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 the way she kind of, 
teases and then totally disses war. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you remember playing war and you like playing war. I'm like, what are you yeah. doing to war? Come on. Yeah. He, he was framed for all this. And where is well, death in all this now? I so believe it's... it's suggested that death is the only one of the horsemen who believes war is innocent. Ah. Um, and, and this one takes place at the same time Darksiders 2 takes place, which is before, after the apocalypse, but before war is released and the events of the first Darksiders. Darksiders 2 takes place before Darksiders 1 ends. Okay. Mm. Mm. I just want to see Game war play. and have them throw down, you know? I want to see, I want to see Fury fighting war, and I would love to have Death make a... Make just a cameo, just once, just show up. What I really want to know is they had uh, um, Liam O'Brien as War. Mm-hmm. Fucking spectacular. Uh, I forget the actor's name who was Death. Uh, he was pretty Alex, good, too. Alex could shout it out, but yeah. he was the bad guy from The Crow. Like, he had that. Oh, uh, yeah. Michael, Michael Wincott, I want to say. Mm, I want to say Michael Wincott, maybe. He could have talked like the, the little great in there, you know. Not even close. See, no, I can't do it. Yeah, no, I can't even. None of it. Yeah, it's totally. The guy's name is Michael Wincott. Bad guy from The Crow. He was also in a show called. He was in Along Came a Spider. He was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, he was the leader of the ship on Alien Resurrection. But he has this incredibly distinctive yeah. travel voice. Yeah. And he was the perfect. He was perfect for death. He was mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. Liam O'Brien was perfect for war. He was perfect for death. Who the fuck are they going to get to play Fury? If it is any lesser talent than like uh, the original Femshep. Uh, what was her name? Oh, I don't remember. I know. She's famous. She's done so much. This is why we need Alex here. He knows I know. Things. We really do. Um, but, yeah, if, if they don't get someone of that caliber to play Fury, I will be really disappointed. Because that has been kind of just the little ding cherry on top of these games. Yeah. Is the spectacular voice work that they got for their leads. Um, I really want to see gameplay. I want to see this thing flowing. I want to see it working. Uh, I want to kind of be reassured that all these little fears we have about how much money Nordic Games has and how many people Gunfire mm. Games has. I want, I want to see it. I want someone to say it's going to be okay. Because even though I was, like, fanning the flames of hope... I'm still a realist. Yeah, yeah you gotta, you gotta, you gotta a, realize that, that... I'm not an idiot. <laughs> this, this, it could still go very badly. I would be fine if it visually, as far as like fidelity goes, looks like the last games. Yes. I don't know if they need to add a whole lot to this. I mean, uh, do I want 60 frames per second? Of course I do. It'd be nice, but I'll, I'll be happy with 30. And the thing is, the Darksiders games are very much like Okami. Yeah. Um, yes. They they are games where the graphic fidelity is a lot less important than the art direction that is mm-hmm. used, yeah. and it's beautiful. It's always just beautiful. Um, so I think I think this is one of those games that could be completely successful without you know like it's not like like Naughty Dog or ever sitting around going oh no what is Vigil done now we'll never keep up with that no like these games can afford to not be that good looking and still be beautiful. They released that Furies collection of Darksiders one and two. Mm-hmm. It's on bucks, sale right? now for twenty bucks. And yeah, that's twenty bucks for the first two really, games, and it's the remastered ones. It's not that's not right. the backwards compatibility. It's it's the remastered stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Kind of a feeling. Yeah, it was weird on the day that on the day that the announcement was made. Uh, there was a leak on Amazon where the game yes. was listed on Amazon, and then just shortly after that, I thought. You know, I thought that could be bullshit. That could be just someone fucking with Amazon. But then shortly thereafter, reports were coming in of that listing for Fury's collection on the European PSN. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, really? And no. then the announcement happened. And I'm like, oh, it all shit. falls into place and it's a real thing. And Chamberlain eats crow. Chamberlain so. and Alex, I like to think. Both yeah. of you. Both of you at once. Munching that crow. Mm-hmm. It just sounded filthy. I, I hope it's good. I hope 
Me too. With all my heart that it's good because the first games were really good. And when, when the original well, THQ... De- well, they were good. No, I, no okay, they were let, good. Let's, let's, let's dial that back because the first one, yes, I mean, it was good. I loved they were it. Fun I loved games. the first one. I loved the second one. They were absolutely fun games. But each of them, it always... Like the first one, you really felt with that one, like this needs a sequel to really meet its full potential. Yeah. You did feel that way with the first one. And then the sequel came out and with the sequel, it felt like they had a third act planned for this and someone just pulled off the money. Yeah. <laughs> And boy, I really hope they get to return to this one day. And so it's a series that was never quite there, but it's always what it offers is good enough for you to want it to get there. Yeah. And and I really love these games. So yes, of course, I'm I'm willing to take a game that's not quite good enough again. I'll be thrilled to have it. We'll meet it halfway if we have to. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, this actually didn't make it into the headlines, but I'm just going to throw it out there. It's a rumor. Uh, came out of Eurogamer Portugal today. Hmm. Apparently, a Portuguese game-selling site is listing God of War for September 14th. Bullshit. Yes, I believe so. I think if it were coming so soon, uh, we would we would know about it by now. Uh, but... There'll be a date at E3, and it's going to be... If it's this year, it'll be November. But I would... I mean, I would not at all be surprised if it's a spring title for next year. Yes, I would say spring, maybe even June next year, because yeah. they like doing a big game around June, yeah. usually, because yeah. they can walk out on E3 and say, check out the scores for blah, 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 you know? We might get Days Gone this year. I, um, well, okay, the thing is, we've already got Uncharted. We've already got oh, Uncharted right. Lost Legacy. Um, I I think, you know, I, I don't know, I'd be surprised to see Days Gone or Spider-Man this year. Um, I think that they really front-loaded a lot of their best exclusives to the front of the year. Yeah. Uh, specifically with Horizon. I think Horizon remains a strong game of the year contender. Mm. And I borrowed it to my brother, and every time I kind of think feel a little bit sick about playing Little Nightmares, I'm sorry that I can't just run around hunting robotic <laughs> dinosaurs. <sighs> yes, I feel very edified about Darksiders 3, for the record. Oh, 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 oh. right. Valkyrie Drive Bikuni has been announced for Steam. Yay. 4K boobs. <laughs> 4K. And you know there's mods. No, uh, no, don't even, no. <laughs> Dragons, yeah, just to, turn them all, to turn them all into chaste young men. Obviously. Ah, yes. Obviously, yeah. Because yeah, that's yeah. somebody's fetish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon's Crown is $18 on this week's Golden Week PSN sale. Wow. $18 for Dragon's Crown. Tw- Alex, I hope you're listening to this. Odin Sphere Leaf Thrasir is 26 It's time now. Yeah, if, if you want it, it's on sale right now on PSN for $26. That's a pretty fucking good price. Uh, Remedy Entertainment's next multi-platform title will be published by 505 Games. Huh. Uh, so this was like announced in a press release. I think it was they said it was like a seven million dollar deal or something. In Oof. fact, I could tell you exactly by going to all games Delta Remedy publishing deal. Wow, we haven't heard from them in a while. Seven point seven five million euros in development oh, funding. So that's like fourteen million. <clears throat> and five hundred five. Yes, and five hundred five is providing marketing and publishing services. Uh, for digital and retail versions worldwide. The agreement includes a payment of 45% royalties on net sales. That's amazing. They would put that in the fucking press release, right? Anyway, um, so this is this is multi-platform. They have said that it will be a third-person action experience in a new Remedy-created universe okay. featuring an intriguing story and game structure offering a long-lasting experience. experience. Now, okay. now, the long-lasting experience thing, that says multiplayer to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
what that means precisely, I don't know. It could just mean, like, maybe it's a roguelike or something. I don't know. Maybe uh, like, no! Maybe it's, like, procedural <laughs> generation or something. Who knows? But it, it does bad. It does say roguelike to me. I don't think Remedy have actually ever done multiplayer. Did Quantum Break have multiplayer? No. There you go. Then, Because I know, I know uh, Alan Wake didn't. None of the first two Max Payne did. So, hmm. yeah, maybe that's it. Okay. And finally, uh, did you watch... All of it. Really? Okay, so... Beginning so to end. For the listener, today on Polygon appeared 17 minutes of footage from the Phantom Dust remaster. Um, I didn't post it to the blog because I don't give a shit, but I immediately sent it to Chamberlain because oh, yes. he does. I would have watched it earlier, but I did like six hours of driving today, so I, okay. I couldn't. But I came down, and, and, and in my prep work for the for recording this evening, I watched the entire thing. Now, what's nice is it's actually it's an interview with one of the primary developers of it. And the first thing he did was say this is not a remake or a remaster or anything like that. This is the first game again, but they were able to go back and and find all the original renders of things, mm-hmm. which had to be compressed and scaled down to work on the original Xbox. Well, now they can just run them full bore. You don't need mm-hmm. to scale anything back. So it basically... it. it does it still look like an Xbox title? Yeah, it, it does, but... Yeah, it looked like a it's, PS2 game. Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't... But it, it, it's at least it's cleaner now yeah, than it was before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a visually stunning game. I mean, it, it's, it's very interesting looking, but it's not going to blow your mind with that. What, did, what was interesting was he, he said that they never... They were never able to find the final, like, code for the game. Yeah, the... Uh, so they had to reverse engineer yes. everything. And mm-hmm. almost rebuild it, and, and also because this was when it came out in two thousand whatever seven, I think it was. He said it was Direct DirectX seven on the Xbox, which was, quite, was kind of a kludgy box, and now it's running on DirectX eleven on the Xbox One, which is much closer to a PC. So they had to go through and rewrite a whole bunch of stuff and redo things. Um, but one in- very interesting thing that he said is that they they took all of the card mechanics. So for the listener, the way Phantom Dust works is you build a deck of abilities that you take into battle. And as you play, they kind of pop up randomly on the play field, and you can kind of pick them up and use them. So the whole point is, out of these three or 400 skills, building a, a deck for yourself of skills you like and skills that work together, and as you play along, you can buy new skills and stuff like that. So it's, it's very customizable, and you can kind of play how you want to play. I mean, it, it's, it's Magic the Gathering, but action-based, basically. So what they did is they took all of the card data, all the skill data, and they they stuck it up in the cloud, which means that they can, in almost real time, tweak things. So they're hoping that if this game develops a living multiplayer community, they can do things like, just for a week, change one of the skills to see what it does. Almost the way Blizzard kind of does things for Overwatch, where they can tweak things. Now, I think that's a little optimistic, that a game this age is going to pull in that kind of following, but I do like the idea that they took it seriously enough that they're adding new technology to it. They did confess that they are adding microtransactions, which I'm not pleased with, although one of them is for a couple bucks you can unlock all the skills all at once. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'll probably buy that because I'm really not interested in the single player. I want to build my deck and go online and see how it works. See, now, 
for me, what what blew me away about that footage, like first of all, wow, I am not it's playing old. that. It's that old. Like shit. Yep. Second, I don't think that's going to sell anyone who didn't love the first game on it at all. I don't think you're going to get any new players. Third, the way this game was described to you by me and everything I've ever seen told me that it was a fucking card game. But the actual game is someone, like, running and jumping around on platforms. And throwing and, stuff around, yeah. And, and throwing shit around and running up to another player and hitting them with, like, a you know, an invisible sword, laser sword yep. thing. And, like, it's actually an action game. It's an action but game, the, but you build your skills. But the actions skill. that you can take are based mm-hmm. on this deck. Yes. Yeah, no, it was, it was a very different game than I was anticipating. I, I, I was, I mean, will I buy this? Of course I'm going to buy this, and I will play it a lot. I, 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 I think the fact that it is kind of ugly, is going to work against it to the point where we're not going to get what we want, which is an actual real Phantom Dust 2. I think this is somebody's, you know, love project. Mm -hmm. Somebody high up loved this. Maybe it was Phil Spencer. I think it was Phil Spencer, honestly. I think it was. Just loved this game that he just pushed it through that when the actual remake took a shit, for whatever reason, I mean, you could read about that. The company blames Microsoft. Microsoft blames the company. It just, it never happened that Spencer said, you know what, fine, we're just going to do this instead. So he wants to play. It's like he wants to play Phantom Dust so the rest of us get to too. Yes. And I'm, and I'm really okay with that. I mean, it's, 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 it's going to come out and people will play it for a little while and it's going to fade. So I'm going to have to hit it quick to get multiplayer matches in to make sure that, you know, I actually get to play some online. I'm hoping it comes out at like 20 bucks. Because that's what it came out when it. I mean, this was a twenty dollars game when it came out in the Xbox originally. It was hmm. cheap. It was a budget title. Hmm. So, I, it I mean, probably be ten. It probably should be. Yeah. I mean, I I still have. That's the only old Xbox game I have. I've got it sitting over there on my shelf, right next. That's to my, the only one you kept. I don't keep games at all. Yeah, but yeah, but that is the one. That's the one. Wow. Because for a while it worked on three sixty because three sixty had Xbox backwards compatibility and it worked. Hmm. So I've got that. Yeah, my, 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 my collection of games of not current generation games is Phantom Dust, Call the Sept, and Call the Sept Saga. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, my collection goes back to the PS2. I don't know why I have them. I don't know why I still have them. I've got a PS2 over there. Never use it, ever. Got a PS3 I don't use. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm because not you like your games. collection. You like to I be do. able to open your safe. And for you, that's kind of your history. You can look back and see... Yeah. What you've played and, and like displaying them and things like that. For for me, my history is kind of my achievement list. I can go back and look at that and see. And now mm. my, my now my trophy list is thing because I've split now with with the pro. I stopped pretty much on my 360 or my Xbox One entirely to for PS4. So there's a split in my my history. <laughs> I can't wait to go back when the uh, Scorpio comes out. <laughs> Chris, you're never online we'll anymore because you you have your online stuff hidden. I can't tell when you're actually online anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. That's um, yeah. No, it's it's just so that my brother won't bug me. It's it's it's, it's frustrating. He, you know, he 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 talks a lot about what a great diva he is on Overwatch, and then I look at his stats on Overbuff, and I'm like, eh. no, and then he complains that Overbuff is wrong, and that it doesn't show how good a diva he is. And then I look at like I look at his win rate, and I'm like, no, no, it's not it's not no. all that wrong. And then I look at just like, you know, the past week or so of games that he's played where he goes like four wins, 17 losses and doesn't stop playing. Just keeps playing and losing and losing and losing. And I'm like, mm, that, that, that can't be your team every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we are playing the same game. <laughs> yeah. And then so I go into comp with him and I win like and we win one game. 
And it's pretty much just because we joined team chat and I'm shot calling and reminding him to shut up because people don't need to hear about like just inane blather. That like he, he will like have a conversation with his girlfriend while we're, while we're playing. He will talk about shit that doesn't matter. You will make a comment and he will start explaining something that doesn't matter. And (laughs) what, what, what needs to be said in a match is, you know, widow behind. Reaper flanking left. You need this information. Shit like focus Lucio. And when we join team chat, he's in the middle of saying, yes, fine. I'll keep it professional. I'll shut up. I'm like, you don't have to shut up. Chris. You just have to, you just have to, you know, talk about tactically important things and kind of keep it brief so that we're not distracting all these other people on our team. And I'm sure they'd appreciate that. And then, so things are going really well because I'm I'm constantly calling shots. I'm saying, okay, everyone, focus, Lucio. We focus, Lucio. We got him down. Okay, focus this person. It's going really well. We took we took the point. Oh, okay, they came in and wiped us. And I'm I'm looking at our <laughs> I'm looking at our at our team, and I'm seeing like all of us are getting picked off. Like I'm dead. Uh, three other guys are dead. But I'm telling the team, it's okay. It's okay, guys. Our mercy is still alive. She has res. Just chill out. We, we got this. We got this. We got this. Uh, you hear mercy die. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, mercy. I didn't mean to put pressure on you there. I, I guess that wasn't essential <laughs> tactical information. And then finally, someone on the team comes on the mic just laughing at us. <laughs> 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 he, couldn't, he couldn't hold it any longer. I felt so bad for that mercy. It's too much pressure. Just cracked. Yeah. Just cracked right there. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> and is that, uh, is that the end of our That's the end I, of our headlines. I think it's the end of headlines, yeah. We're, 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 we're approaching... We're approaching an hour and a half. E3 drought almost. I yeah. Think. It's, yeah it's, people it's, are going to start holding stuff back for E3. That's right. That's right. That's uh, every year, and then after E3, there'll be a little drought as well. But what I like about after E3 is you get this trickle of all the little indie articles that they oh, get yeah. published during E3. Yeah. So you'll you might even like hear about games that you didn't even know were at E3 that mm. are suddenly they're suddenly revealed like two weeks later. How far off uh, is E3? When is that again? Uh, it's uh, no, July. Wait. No, it's June. It's June. It June. I want to say. Right, hang on, let me bring up a calendar. We need to start planning that because we did we did extra we did extra episodes for E three. June twenty seventeen. We, we did the the post press conference episodes for E three. Calendar not full res. Just give me. <laughs> there we go. Uh, we should start on the twelfth, so there may be a press conference on the eleventh. Yeah, June twelfth. Didn't see see if Bethesda does one early again. Uh, I'm I'm almost positive all the press conferences already have their times laid out. Oh, oh, good. I need to know if I can actually go to work those days or not. Chance will take the week off because that's what Chance does. That is what I do. But will he watch E3 press conferences or will he play Overwatch? That uh, he, is the Overwatch no. test. <laughs> no, he will, he will be watching the E3 press conferences. Okay, uh, Saturday, June 10th is Electronic Arts. Sunday, 11th is Microsoft and Bethesda. And Monday, June 12th is Ubisoft and Sony. Uh, my, uh, um, Nintendo have already said they're not coming. Or they're yeah. not going to do like, they're not going to do like a presentation. They got their own um, stuff. This is, that's not a surprise. So, uh, I think, I think Sony having the last spot is really interesting. Cause they will assuredly, they may tweak whatever they present based on what Microsoft has done. Well, I mean, Microsoft is, is clearly going to unveil the Scorpio. Yes. And they're going to, take the sheet back off of Crackdown 3 because I really predict that's going to be like, this is what the Scorpion can do. Here's Crackdown 3. At least I hope so. I wonder if we'll hear the power of the cloud. 
<laughs> the thing is, if if the Scorpio, you know, can only run Crackdown, if only the Scorpio can run Crackdown 3 as it is meant to run, that breaks the Scorpio's initial promise of all games being compatible again across Xbox One and Scorpio. See, the Scorpio is really going to be a luxury item. I, really? I would be. I really think it will be. I, I really think it's going to be. I think they're going to price it and aim it as because the PS4 Pro is now kind of the new default PS4. Mm-hmm. I think the Xbox One S is the default Xbox One, and I think the Scorpio is going to be an actual like this is their premium luxury model. I, I mean, I, and I think they're going to charge like five hundred bucks for it, and it's going to hurt me. But I will still have to find a way to get one. I think I think you're right on the price point, and I think it's going to hurt them a lot more than it hurts you. I think um, without without showing games that are really a generational leap beyond what we have now, which would be pretty much impossible anyway. Yeah. Like even even just like going to a super high end computer, the difference is not all that significant. And to require a large investment like that, like a half a grand investment, to get games that aren't in fact are in fact identical to the games that you can play right now on your Xbox One. It's just these ones run at 4K. Well, 4K is a real thing, though. I mean, they they, they put a, a lot, thing. they put a ton of work into even the hardware on the Scorpio to making older games run better. I mean, they they it, they, they actually um, customize the hardware based on older titles. So, if nothing else, they're sticking to their um. The the deal or not the DLC the backwards compatibility of it of mm-hmm. all the old 360 games they're really trying to make this a library of stuff so I but know. I don't I don't think that that alone because one of the major selling points of the Pro was that it was not any more expensive than the original PS4 was true um, and and so the the upgrade didn't feel shitty at all it didn't feel like a, a bad trade now the upgrade between the normal PS4 and the Pro is incremental. Like, very incremental. It's not a lot. It is not a lot. But the... I mean, we would have to see some serious first-party support that... Um, and, I, and I say first-party support knowing that Microsoft prefers to throw money at third parties. Yeah. But what sells PS4s beyond the fact that your buddy has one and and um, it's just kind of you're seeing more you're seeing more content for the PS4 than the Xbox. Beyond that, what really sells PS4s are trailers of Horizon and trailers of the next God of War, trailers of Uncharted, of showing like or you know uh, um, uh, the Order 1886. This is what is possible on our box. Check this out. If Microsoft can't do that because they don't have the studios. Um, they really don't. That's see, that's the problem. I mean, beyond Crackdown, what are they going to show me? The next Forza? Of course, they're going to show me the next Forza. The next Forza is going to be awesome. Ooh. Nobody cares about the next. Uh, nobody cares about the next Halo. Nobody does anymore. I think there was more hype for the new Gears than there was for the new Halo. Yeah, and there wasn't much hype for the new Gears. And there really wasn't. And and, and I cared because I'm a I'm a bigger fan of Gears than I am of Halo. So it's they almost need something new. They don't have yeah. they don't have a Last of Us. They don't have a Horizon. They don't have anything, even approaching that quality. And just just like, having third parties better isn't good enough. They don't like heavily investing in anything new. Anything new that kind of was funded by Microsoft tends to be kind of a smaller game. Yeah, yeah, and those aren't the ones <laughs> that that will move a platform. 
So it, they're they're in in terms of content, they're in kind of a sticky place. In terms of the hardware of what the Scorpio is, as revealed a couple weeks ago, oh, that's some hot shit. Yeah, it is. That is that is like that is a heavy duty gaming mm-hmm. rig. And fucking liquid cool, man. Like it's got vapor, <laughs> fucking vapor shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like this is, you know, it's like the Vita when it first came out. It's like, oh my God, look at this thing. Look at the bezels on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and that's kind of what the Scorpio feels like. But much like the Vita, without the content, you're not going to move, you're not going to move units. I hope it's only 500 bucks. Ah, uh, if it's more than 500 bucks, it's it'll never, yeah, it'll never even get out the door. Yeah. So. But you know what? Let's, we'll, 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 we'll save all this. For save that. E3. You know, E3's coming. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Alex, hope you feel better. I That'll you teach will, you so. for having fun. <laughs> I'll learn you. Chance. Thanks for, thanks for talking tonight. My pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you in a week.